Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. I'm not going to waste time. We are um, in the season, Thy Kingdom Come, where the Kingdom of God is what we are seeking. May the Kingdom of God invade our own kingdoms. Now the Bible, I'm going to read from um, the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 6. I'll read a few scriptures there from the uh, King James Version. But then I'll, I'll, I'll go back a little bit to paraphrase so that you understand where this is coming from. Now verse 6 says, Again David gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up hence the ark of God, whose name is called the name of the Lord of hosts, that dwells between the cherubims. And they set the ark upon a new cart and brought it, to, brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in, the, in Gibeah, and Uzzah and Ohio and the, son of, the sons of Abinadab drove the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ohio went before the ark, and David on all, his, on all the house of Israel played before the Lord all manner of instruments made of fair hood and even on harps and on on psalmetries and on timbrels and on cornets and cymbals. And they came to the, sorry, and they came to Nichon's threshing floor. And Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made such a breach on Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of God come to me? So David would not, would not remove the ark of the Lord upon him to the city of David. But David carried it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gilite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom of Gilead three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your word. I humble myself before your people. I pray that you anoint me, that you equip me for this message. In the name of Jesus, I pray even for the ground on which this word is going to fall. Let it be good ground. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Holy Spirit, that from now you take over. You anoint me. You give me power and strength in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, this is a very interesting story. If you go back to the book of Exodus... God gives Moses specific instructions on how to make this ark. The ark was a representation of the kingdom of God. The ark was a representation, the representation of God in his, in his people. So whenever they went, wherever they went, they carried the ark with them. 
Wherever they went into war, they carried the ark with them into war. But then fast forward to the book of 1 Samuel. We find out that the, the, the sons of Eli were not, they were not living well before God. And then Israel goes to, to, to war with the Philistines. And they were losing in battle. And they remembered that we have God in our midst. You know, this is like God using God as a fire extinguisher. They remember that we've got God in our midst and they say, go and they send people to bring the ark into the barrel. So they brought the ark into the barrel, but they lost the barrel anyway. And the ark was captured. The ark was taken to the Philistines who went and took the ark, the representation of the God of heaven and put him into their own temple next to their own God. But then God could not be entertained to sit next to Dagon. And the Bible says in the morning they woke up and Dagon was on his face down, facing down. They put him up again. The next morning they woke up and Dagon was on the floor broken. His head was broken off. His hands were broken off. Now, from there on, the Bible says the ark remained with the Philistines for seven months. And he brought nothing but destruction. He brought destruction upon destruction. He brought boils upon them. He brought mice upon their land. And they say, how can we live with this God? How can we stay with the, with the representation of such a God who brings destruction? So they made counsel and say, what are we going to do with this God of Israel? So their wise men came and say, make a, make a new cut. Make a new cart, put the, the ark on the cart and go and get some, cow, some, some cattle, some, some cows that have young ones that are still breastfeeding and tie them that have never been on a yoke and tie them to the new cart. Put the ark on there. If he goes up on his coast, if he goes up to Israel, then we know this is the God who causes us trouble. But if he doesn't, that means it was chance that came to us. But guess what? The moment they put the ark on the new cut, the Bible says, and the cows just went up to the coast of Israel. They were, they, 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 they were crying for their young ones, but they kept on going. So they, they get to the coast of Israel, and the people of Israel were harvesting, and they see the ark of God coming, and they were excited, and they clapped hands, they got excited, and the Bible says, and the Levites took the ark from the cut. But they went stupid. They went and opened the car to have a look at what was inside. And God brought destruction to them. People, people died in thousands in that time. So I want you to see something here. I want you to see that the ark of God was in Israel. Yet they were losing battles. God was in Israel. Yet they were losing battles. The very same God, they bring him to the battlefield and they lost the very same God was taken into the temple of Dagon, into the land of the Philistines, and he brings destruction. They bring him back to Israel. They look inside the ark, which was against what God had commanded them, and God brings destruction to, he, to them as well. But then, to keep on going, the ark was then taken into the house of a man called Adonijah. And he remained there for 20 years. Now, I want you to see something. Now, Saul rose up as a king. Saul became the king of Israel, and he reigned Israel. And not even once did they think of bringing God into the kingdom. 
Not even once. He was successful. Saul was a successful king. Saul was successful when he went to battle, but not once does the Bible say Saul said, let's bring gold into our midst. Let's bring gold into my kingdom. Let's, let's bring gold into, into my household. But then a young man called David comes and takes over. God establishes him. He was in the wilderness. God establishes him. He becomes successful. He becomes a king over all Israel. And what does David say? He says, there is a God that we should walk with. There is a king who is above myself as a king. There is a kingdom that is better than my kingdom, the kingdom of heaven. And he says, let, him, let us bring in the king to into his domain. Let's bring in the king. So what does he do? He calls up the people and he says, let, let us go and bring God in. So they went and they, what do they do? They go and make a cut. Brand new cut. It wasn't the same cut, by the way. They went and made a brand new cut, put the ark of God. What amazes me is they walked a distance. The ground was not even. They were not walking on, on beachmen. There were stones. There were rocks where they walked. But God waited until they got to a threshing floor. And the cattle stumbled. And Uzzah reached out to help God. He, he reached out to support the ark that it does not fall from the cart. And the Bible says, and the Lord was wroth with him and he killed him on the spot. Now, this is, sometimes we, 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 get, we get angry and, and the Bible says even David was angry and he says, how can you bring God into my household if this is the kind of a God who would kill people instantly? But what, what, what they needed to know was there was a specific instruction on how to handle the Ark of the Covenant. There was a specific instruction on how to bring God wherever they were going. He was supposed to be born on the shoulders of the Levites. The Ark was supposed to be carried on the shoulders of the Levites, not in the new cut. How many times have we copied what the world is doing and trying to help God? How many times have we adopted the ways of the Philistine. Praise God. We, 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 we come up with all these statements that follow your heart. What a lie from the pit of heaven. What a lie from the pit of hell. The Bible says the heart of a man is deceitful. Yeah, just, just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. Do, do, as, do, do you boo. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But, but, but there is a specific way of doing things in the kingdom. There is a specific way in which we are supposed to conduct ourselves when we come before God. There is a way in which God expects us to come. Now, if you look at when God took out the children of Israel from Egypt, they went and across the Red Sea, the Red sea God speaks to, to Moses and he says, use the stuff that is in your hand to hit the water. And he did that and it parted the Red Sea. But then when they were about to go into the promised land, when they were supposed to cross over into the land of, of Canaan, the Bible says, they, God did not ask them to use a road. God said, let the Levites, let the priests that are carrying the ark lead the procession. 
And the moment their feet stepped into the water, it divided the water. Now, this was a different standard altogether. We're no longer using sticks. We're no longer using massive things. We're no longer using the things that we're used to doing. This is a new thing. We are entering into a new kingdom. We are entering into a different set of things right now. So the priest is the one who was supposed to go in front, carrying God on his shoulders. Not in a new cut, he did not say make a new cut and then let the people follow the cut, let the people follow the oxen. But he said, let the priest carry the ark. There was a specific instruction when, when in the book of Exodus chapter 25, when God gives Moses the specs of the, of the ark, he said, put staves on the sides so that, and do not remove the staves. Do not remove the staves. So even if they move, everything else was supposed to be dismantled when they were moving, but not the ark. Because there was a way, the ark in which was supposed to be transported. There was a way in which things are supposed to be done in the kingdom. There is a way, in, we may be modern, we may say we are doing modern things, but there are things that do not change. There are things that in which we come, repentance cannot change. It does not matter where we go. It does not matter what we do. There are things that do not change when it comes to the kingdom of God. There are some things that should remain the same. And, 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 And this is one other thing that we have to see. God comes into the land of Israel and they put him in the heart of, in, 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 into the house of Obed Edom. And he's, no, Adonijah, he stays there 20 years and nothing happens. 20 years. You can be in church for 20 years. You can be in church for 50 years and nothing happens. And then he goes into the house of Obed Edom in three months. Three months, the Bible says, in three months, he blessed him. It was the attitude in which he treated God. It was the attitude in which he he, he beheld God. In three months, everything changed to a point that it went to King David. That God has blessed the house of Obed-Edom. And David says, I want God in my kingdom. Three months, three months. Some people live with God seven months and he brings destruction. Some people walk with God for 20 years and nothing happens. Some people walk with God for three months and it changes everything. It changes their children, it changes their mothers, it changes their fathers, it changes everything. Three years, three months is a lot when it comes to the kingdom of God. Two days is a lot in the kingdom of God. Ah, you're not hearing what I'm saying. we, we may walk with God for so long. You may be in church for so long. You may have been born in church. But then someone steps in and in three months, they are prophets. In three months, they are anointed. In three months, they now know more things than you do. In three months, they see visions. In three months, they can dream dreams. In, in three months, they can heal the sick. In three months, they can raise the dead. In three months, they can make a difference in the nation that they live in. In three months. What are you doing with the kingdom of God? What are you doing with God in your life? Because people see, people talk. Because They knew for 20 years he was in someone's house. No one talks about it. I'm sure the ark was just gathering dust in there. God was not angry with him. God did not bring destruction into his house. But neither did he bring a blessing. 
Nothing happens in his house because he just put God there. He just put God as a, as a piece of furniture because it just looked like a piece of furniture anyway. So he puts him there like a piece of furniture in these days, 20 years. But this was a messy seat. This was a holy ground. That one is, you know, how, how I cannot understand how he can sit in his house with a God that had divided the Jordan, with a God that had turned, brought all this shit, with a God that had destroyed Dagon, with a God that had brought destruction to the Philistines, with a God that had led the cows without a driver. Praise God. But then we try and manipulate God in our man-made cuts. We manipulate God in the things that we want to fit God in places that we want. They go and make a cut to fit God into what they wanted. They were too smart to carry God on their shoulders. They, 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 they were too tired to carry God on their shoulders. They were, they, they, were too, they, they, were, they were too busy to carry God on their shoulders. They were too busy. They, 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 they didn't have time to carry God on their shoulders. They, they said cows can carry God for us and a cart can carry God for us. A car can carry God for us. And the music can carry God for us. The, the guitar can carry God for us. They were too tired to, to carry God for themselves. And they, they say that the, the choir, the, the, the worship team can carry God for us. The pastor can carry God for us, but the, the, what they needed to do was carry God for themselves, to put God on their shoulders for themselves and not wait and, uh, until there, there is a revival or wait until there is a movement going on, but you do it on your own. It doesn't matter what is happening at that time, but you carry God for yourself on your own shoulders. Now, 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 now people say, follow your heart like I was saying. But Jesus says, carry your cross and follow me. Where do you carry the cross? You put it on your shoulders. He carried the cross on his shoulders. There is a revelation so deep about your shoulders that you do not understand. There is something, there is something in, in taking responsibility to say, I know. You know, sometimes we go home and say the service was boring. But the very honest truth is you were boring. You brought the boredom to the service. It wasn't the one who was singing. It wasn't, it wasn't the black man who was preaching. It, you were the one who brought the boredom to the service. I'm not afraid to say it as it is. There are so many times we've tried to blame something. We say they, they, we don't like that song. Who cares? We're not singing to you. That song is, wasn't meant for you anyway. It was meant for Jesus. Did you ask Jesus whether he liked the song or not? Oh, come on, yo. I, 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 I'm not afraid of you. No, no, no. We, we say, we, we, we have sung this song for so long. We have, we have repeated this song. But I want, you to tell you, I want to tell you something. We are created for eternity. 
We are not created for the temporary things. We, we, we get bored because we have repeated the song over and over again. But Pastor Chris was talking, they go on repetition. Holy, holy, holy. It's not boring. God is not bored by that song. God is not bored by that music. God is not bored by that. But we get bored because we are making our own cars to transport God. We bring God, we, we transport God in our own things. We want God to fit our profile on, on, on WhatsApp. We want God to fit what we are doing at that moment, like what Obed Edom did. God, God just went and he just fit what was going on in the household. Nothing happens in the house of Adonijah for 20 years. God was there in Israel for 20 years and nothing happened. Until one man says, let's bring him in. He tries to bring him in, but he doesn't go back to check. How was God transported? How was God ever brought in? In the Bible, if you read, it says, and from that day, David was afraid of God. Isn't, isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing that David, David loved the Lord. David was a man after God's own heart. He loved the Lord, but he did not fear God. But from that moment on, when God, you know, don't wait until you get to a threshing floor. Now, I want you to pay attention to this part. Do not wait until you get to a threshing floor. God used a threshing floor because it was something relevant to what they knew. Don't wait until you get to a threshing floor. Assess your life. Assess your movements. God, am I doing this right? Am I going well? What am I doing? Am I, am I, am I, am I, am I following you right? Am I, am I doing this? During your time of devotion, do not tell God things. Ask God. I've always said that the answer, the prayer that is answered instantly is, God, what's wrong with me? If you've never heard a prayer answered, let me tell you, pray this prayer. God, what's wrong with me? I tell you straight away, God will tell you what is wrong with you. But we don't like that because it's not comfortable. We do not want to be told what is wrong with us. We want to be told how good we are. We want to be told how well we speak, how well we dress, how, how good our hair looks, how good our Maybelline looks. We want to be told how good all these things look. We, we want to be told all these nice little things. Man-made cuts. We want to be told how nice our house looks. We want to be told how nice your car looks, how clean your car is. Have you got kids? How do you manage to keep this car so clean? These are the kind of things that we want to be told. You know, we want to be pampered up because this is what we want. We want human accolades. But this is not what God is seeking. God is seeking you to follow him wholeheartedly. Wow. Let thy kingdom come. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. A duplicate of heaven is in my life. A duplicate of heaven is in my household. Let your will be done. In my life, as it is done in heaven. So your, basically your life it should be a copy of heaven. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? Does that make any sense? Let us not copy what the world is doing. Let us, if anything, the world should see what is happening in the church. You know, I remember on the day of Pentecost, they did not run out of the meeting place to go and call people on the street. It was the other way. 
They, the people on the street heard the sound coming from where they were. And they came. People came from the street to where the church was. It wasn't the other way where the church was coming out to go and, and, and see what was happening over there. But if we make a loud enough sound here, if we do a sound religion in here, it will attract people. Other than just gossiping about each other. You know, so, so sometimes why your neighbors don't come to church is the way you talk about the pastor. That's exactly why the neighbor, your neighbor will never come. To, you can never go to your neighbor and ask him or your, your, your family for that matter. You can't bring them to church because of the things you've said about the church. Amen. That must hit. Amen. The things you say about your, 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 your sister in Christ. And then people will start thinking, do I really want to be part of this thing? This is too, this is too much drama. I, I've got enough drama in my life than to, 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 to bring church drama on top of the drama that I already have in my life. They, they say, I'd rather go fishing than come to your drama. <laughs> Praise God. But, but, but David, David, David brings... Brings God into his kingdom. If, if you continue, if you go a little bit further, he, he goes and he searches the scriptures. He goes and he, he finds out how is this supposed to be done. And the Bible says, and he reorganized himself. And they went and brought God over their shoulders into the kingdom of David. And, if you re and he went and made a tabernacle. He made a place where he was going to put God. But before, he didn't, he didn't even know where he was going to put God. <laughs> Did you ever realize that? He, he just went and he, he was got excited. It's good to get excited, but you need to plan as well. It, it's good to get excited, but you need to think as well. What am I going to do? Am I going to go put God in my garage? Am I going to put God, you know, somewhere outside in the... Because I am sure if God had not done this, David wouldn't have just put God and forgot about him somewhere. But this was a moment where God established a relationship with David. He's established a relationship with David. David, I love you, but you should know when you are dealing with me, you're not dealing with your girlfriend. David, you should know that when you're dealing with me, you're not dealing with your mother-in-law. When you're dealing with me, you're not dealing with other people. You are dealing with God. Praise God. I want you to take that into mind that when you are dealing with God, you're not dealing with your friend. You're not dealing with the other people. The, you know, your workmates that you can say all sorts of things. You are dealing with God. The moment you come into the presence of God, the first thing you should do, like Job always did, repent. I might, you know, Job will always say, he says, pay adventure my children. My children have cursed you unknowingly. And he repented on behalf of his children. We should have the same stance when we come before God, that God, I do not take you for granted. I do not take coming before you for granted. I will cleanse myself. I will come and say, God, cleanse me. David always said, wash me with the hyssop of your spirit and I shall be clean. Cleanse me, O God, for I have sinned. And he goes on to say, blessed is a man who the, who the Lord does not keep an account of his sin. The good thing about when you repent is God does not keep record of when you have sinned. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? This is good. Praise God. 
Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.